Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Color dilution alopecia It's not a disease we see a lot of, but it's certainly something that you will see as a general practitioner, whether you really realize it or not. It's a genetic recessive inherited condition. And what we see, and this is mostly seen in dogs, there are some reports of cats, but you'll see patches of hair loss, kind of alopecia, hypotrichosis, thinning of the hair, usually along the dorsum. And if you look closely, you probably also will see some scaling and some of these dogs can also be pruritic. What you'll notice is they're always a dilute color. So think of things like, you know, blue dogs, fawn hair coats, silver labs. When they have a dilute color to their hair coat um, and they have these lesions, then you're more than likely dealing with color dilution alopecia. And these dogs will be born looking pretty normal, but they'll start showing their symptoms at a pretty young age. Um, So, you know, six months, one age, two years of age is usually when all of a sudden you'll start to notice these problems. I think what can be really tricky about this disease, and I recently saw this in a dog um, that was like a charcoal color in the clinic, is that they can have other uh, diseases as well. So they can be atopic dermatitis plus have color dilution alopecia, and that can be really difficult to decipher what's causing what problems. If you look at the literature, the breeds that have really been recognized with color dilution alopecia, um, Dobermans that are a blue color, um, there's a pretty long list in general, Chow Chows, Great Danes, Irish Setters, Dachshunds, Italian Greyhounds, Standard Poodles, Whippets, um, even Yorkies, believe it or not, Chihuahuas. You can really see a long list in the literature. I've seen a lot of Pitbull Terriers, um, Labrador Retrievers that have that dilute color and then show these symptoms. And we know that it's due to recessive color gene um, and they demonstrate this blue, bluish, gray, lavender, um, sometimes color to their, um, their like lips, noses, eyelids, and then obviously their coat is that dilute color. And so we don't really understand the full cause of color dilution alopecia, but we know there tends to be some hair follicle abnormalities um, themselves, which is why we get this alopecia. They kind of fracture easily. They can cause infections easily. It is a manageable disease. It's not a curable disease. Um, The biggest problem that these dogs tend to show is that they get recurrent infections. So they'll get little papules, um, pustules, crusts, and they are predisposed due to the abnormality of their skin to break out with pyoderma. So again, it's not a disease that we can cure, though, you know, what in dermatology really can we cure? Um, Not much, scabies, Um, but it is something that we can manage. So the way that we can diagnose this, honestly, a lot of times you can diagnose them clinically. If you have a dog that has multiple colors on them, it's only the dilute areas that should be affected. So kind of think about like black follicular dysplasia, which is a different but very similar disease. Only the black areas of the dog are affected and that 
particular disease if they have more than one color. So color dilution alopecia would be the same if you have a dog that, you know, had like white hair and silver, like only the silver areas of the body would have the potential to be affected. And not all of the areas of the body of that color are affected. They're usually dorsal. So the dorsum itself on the trunk, dorsal head, those are very classic areas that we're going to see this um, disease process. If you're not sure and you just feel like you're having a really hard time differentiating if this should actually be color dilution alopecia or not, there's kind of two things that you could do. Um, you can pluck the hairs. So you could do a trichogram and actually evaluate it underneath the microscope. And you basically would see numerous uh, what we call macromelanosomes that were kind of abnormally uh, breaking through the cortex of the hair, is kind of fracturing the hair. If, if you compare that to normal hair, which you could find images of in different textbooks or online or pluck it from, you know, a different dog, um, you would see the really abnormal distribution. You could see things like melanin uh, clumping and you'll see distortion of the hair shaft. So essentially these kind of uh, clumps of melanin because they're abnormal, which a normal dilute dog, yeah, they're going to have abnormal clumps of melanin. That's kind of what makes them dilute in some ways. But color dilution alopecia, they'll distort the hair shaft, like the cortex, the hair shaft itself. And then essentially that's what causes these hairs to be really weak and to fracture really easily and cause a lot of problems. So you could do a trichogram. You could also biopsy. So if you don't feel comfortable evaluating hair yourself under a trichogram, it doesn't look like a straightforward case. You have other things on your differential list. It is definitely not wrong to biopsy these cases. And you should be able to send them to most uh, dermatopathologists. And I always encourage you to send skin biopsies to a true dermatopathologist because the skin can be quite tricky. And you can listen back to um, episode four and episode 53 of this podcast, which goes over some tips for skin biopsies. But I, you could biopsy them and have them give you that diagnosis too. It also helps you rule out other things if you're concerned. In a really young dog, you obviously could be concerned as a differential of something like demetacosis. Um, in a dog that maybe is for some reason older or you're seeing them older when you're seeing this disease, you want to rule out things like endocrinopathies, hypothyroidism that could be leading to a pyoderma causing those lesions. So those are kind of ways that you can differentiate between it. Honestly, if I have a, a young dog and most of these are going to show signs, like I said, you know, two years of age or younger, um, and it's pretty classic, then I don't feel the need to biopsy them. But I definitely would if I felt like there could be other diseases on my differential list and I didn't feel super confident. Now, as far as management goes, you know, it's a lot of barrier support. So you can use nutrition through different diets that could be helpful, like Royal Canin Skin Support. You could even use something like the Hills Derm Complete, just something to basically restore the barrier. You're not necessarily doing it for an allergy, but you're just trying to help the barrier itself. Um, but I predominantly use a lot of topical therapies in these dogs. So I would use things like bathing protocols, depending on the type of 
um, infection I was seeing. We may use uh, chlorhexidine shampoos to get them under control, but then I'm going to use different products, maybe like the Duke's OS3 line that have really good skin barrier support. Um, bathing can be helpful to prevent infections, but also restore that skin. You're not aiming to have these dogs completely grow their hair back. You're aiming mostly to control infections. What I always tell owners is, you know, just like balding in people, we don't necessarily expect that we're going to completely make your dog look normal, but I want to manage them so they don't end up having really bad recurrent infections that I can restore that skin barrier to the best of my abilities. I'll use things like Dermacent on these cases, um, you know, topical fatty acids. You could use things like oral fatty acids um, that can be helpful as well, but I really like to attack these things topically and just target my therapy to the skin itself so that I can minimize the amount of infections um, that we're having. Just because you have a dog you think has a color dilution alopecia, don't think that totally rules out they could have anything else. Like I said, I see plenty of these dogs that have color dilution alopecia, plus they end up being atopic. So if there's going to be other underlying diseases that happen, for example, color dilution alopecia should not cause a dog to lick their paws. Like that would be very a very strange presentation of that. So make sure you recognize the fact that these pets can have multiple problems and those multiple problems need to be differentiated and managed appropriately to kind of help that pet overall with their um, skin barrier, reduction of things like infections. You know, you'll see reports um, in some severe cases of things like retinoids. Those can be really difficult to get. Um, I've even seen things like vitamin A be listed. There's tons of things that can be potentially tried, but I would start out with really good topical therapy. Also having the owners be um, gentle. So when they're bathing, you know, not doing rough brushing to those areas, being careful to be gentle when they're actually bathing those pets or doing the topical therapies. We're essentially trying to not fracture those hairs so that they end up causing things like infection. So really just being cautious of, you know, mechanical trauma to those areas can be really helpful as well. And just managing the owner's expectations, making sure they understand what the disease is, that this is not something that we're going to look to cure or potentially make that dog look normal. You can definitely improve them. I've gotten some of them to grow hair back, especially if we do catch that infection, which, you know, you know what I say, hashtag cytology, everything, you have to check that, check for that infection. Cause that's often what makes these dogs really pruritic and what makes them lose even more hair. If you manage the infection, we'll get some improvement, but always work with that owner's expectation that we're not necessarily expecting for that pet to look totally normal. This is a genetic disease. Yes, it's really cool. They wanted to get this awesome breed that has this dilute hair color, but the dilute hair color is not necessarily a normal thing. It's something that gives, um, does predispose them to have issues, but by getting them to commit to things like topical therapy, by supporting that skin barrier, you can make a big difference in these pets' life. Um, and the pets, honestly, if they're not infected, they don't care. I mean, this is something we manage, but they live a completely happy, happy healthy, normal life just with a little funky alopecia on their skin, which, you know, just like people who end up balding early, you learn to live with it and, and they'll do just fine. So I hope that's helpful. This is a disease I got asked a little bit about actually in the last few months, and I recently had a couple cases of it. So I'll try to attach a picture um, with the social media post that goes up around this case. But if you find kind of these weird diseases like this interesting, always remember to check out the Derm Nerds because we do discuss and put up posts about interesting cases I see in the clinic. And this would be one of the diseases that we would cover.